0: Well, it was a bit of a blow, I'll give you that. There we were, ready to serve our lord and master, and he ends up losing his head. Very messy. But, we knew we could never follow a dullard like you, the sons of Connor. It really doesn't flow, does it? I mean, no offense.
1: Connor raised an eyebrow. None taken. And so you said about finding a way to bring him back and put your little plan on track.
2: I watched as Mason nodded at me.
0: And it wasn't easy. Years of studying every immortal myth and legend, monitoring quickenings from duels across the world, formulating our plan, refining it. It was rather inconvenient when you took your cousin's head, Duncan, but you probably did us a favor. Connor was always cautious, but you, Duncan, you are... Positively Reckless.
1: celebrities as much as i do welcome to highlander rewatch the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the highlander universe and this week is no different i'm one of your rewatchers i'm keith this is kyle this is amen and today we are talking about the season finale of the big audio big finish big whatever <laughs> the big finish
2: the this is big, big, audio. The big, <laughs> big audio big audio finish
1: audio no one cares anymore least of which is me yeah this is it guys kurgan rising the fourth episode in season what one. What
2: character do you think is going to be in this?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling a character... Did we guess there would be like demons or ghosts or something in an Archangel episode? We were like, is there going to be it? Probably one. Well, we get some weird resurrection shit in this, so...
2: Yeah. Yep. And it's uh, not good. <laughs>
1: oh, really? You didn't like this one? You weird. Talk- crazy. <laughs> you didn't want this to be made into a movie? Can you imagine if this <laughs> was think the think sequel it, to Highlander 1? Oh, my they God. They actually did make this into a movie. It was called Ghostbusters. <laughs> Cats and dogs
2: living together.
1: <laughs> but before we get too far into that, we should probably consult our trusty friend and ally, the Highlander Catalog. The That's the, right. catalog. the lone bastion of light in this drudgery through darkness and this death, hell, uh, death this hellscape that we've forced upon ourselves. The Highlander Catalog. There we go. Highlander Catalog, guys. Da, 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 da. All right, all right. So today we're talking about the Highlander Postcard Series. And I am reading out of the 100th episode, Highlander Catalog. How hmm. many postcards can you send? 100? No. No. Oh. That would be nice to commemorate the hundredth episode. Send a hundred postcards. Make sense.
2: Yeah, yeah. Dear Grandma,
1: <laughs> I love you. Please tune in Saturdays at 1- <laughs> one one p.m. to watch Duncan McLeod kick ass. Okay, it reads The High Leader Postcard Series It will be difficult to send these exquisite postcards away <laughs> Exquisite <laughs> That's the sort a, of word a, a you postcard use postcard
2: has never been described ex- as dis- exquisite. Exquisite. exquisite That's
1: like a word you use for like Beautiful Roman architecture Like, no
2: This th- no. Th- this three by five <laughs> piece of paper Is right. truly exquisite oh, <laughs> Glossy with a, with a glossy still of Duncan McLeod. <laughs> Of the Cladden
1: Macleod. Okay, oh, so, that one.
2: That's a, um, um, the very same.
1: So it'll be difficult to send these exquisite postcards away, but no one will ignore your sure to be treasured treasured message <laughs> message. Each set of eight is a brilliant collection of exciting scenes from Highlander. On the reverse is ample room for your message and mailing information. Nice. I'm in it for the room. There are two sets you can pick from. There is the movie postcards or the TV series the postcards. What? Movie. Post-Quartz? What did I say? Post-Quartz. Post-Quartz.
2: Post-Quartz. Yeah. You're like Adrian Paul. (laughs) I
1: would like to point out that they say there's eight in each. There is eight in the TV series. There are seven pictured in the movie one. What's the eighth one? I don't know. Who knows? Is there an eighth one or is it just a mystery? All right. So who knows? Maybe there's a bonus one. Hmm. So that's it, guys. That's, That's the whole description.
2: So, All right. Are these packaged any kind of special way that you can determine?
1: Not, not. I can't Garner any of that information from the description now. Mm, Jennifer Garner. Yeah, I can't Jennifer Garner it either. Mm. Uh, mm. Are these priced to send away? Ooh. Maybe.
2: Mm. Mm. V- Amen. I think it's. I'll your say turn yes. To guess I'll say first.
1: yes. Okay. Amen. Guess.
2: Uh, Ten dollars.
1: Ten dollars. Kyle, guess five ninety nine. In fact, oh really? All right, Eamon, you're the winner. Actual retail price is nine ninety five. Oh. People are getting close on these. You guys are pros now. <laughs> Pro, <laughs> we've right. honed our merchandising appetite. That's right. Uh, so. That means that one postcard from the film series, if there are actually seven, would cost a dollar forty-two a piece, and for the series, the TV series, it would be one twenty-four a piece. Interesting. So that's not too bad, I guess, right? No, like you could expect to spend between like sixty-nine and ninety-nine cents. Yeah, maybe they, a they probably make Nine. you spend thirty dollars to ship them or something uh, mm-hmm. naturally. Can I see which is funny because you can send each of them for like thirty-five cents, right? How much would these cost today? $14. bucks. 15 dollars 33 Would you pay $15 for eight postcards? No. Never.
2: No. So one of the postcards <laughs> from no. the series is from that episode where at the end, Duncan and Amanda are in the Russian circus. Everybody's favorite fucking scene <laughs> from the Highlander series. The Russian circus scene? Which episode is that?
1: Hey, at least they're in costumes and they're together
2: that's true like
1: defending this
2: one is literally just max standing next to amanda and amanda's wearing a hat these are not good scenes they should have put
1: that one with joe with a gun yeah <laughs> <Remember> that <laughs> That they made like an 8 by 11 gelosia okay 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 these are very strange choices i would not describe any almost any of these <laughs> as, as iconic, exquisite <laughs> as exquisite or like iconic in any way the movie ones are some interesting choices.
2: A lot of them are from Highlander 2. No.
1: No. <laughs> not correct.
2: <laughs> no? <laughs> I'm not sure. Was that a joke that I missed? Or Yeah. Uh, from the glance I took at it, it looked like it.
1: Yeah, you're wrong. These are all from the first movie. <laughs> wow. There's one of Mac grabbing the Kurgan's face, which is actually kind of good. There's a post-coital shot of Mac and mm. Heather. Uh, some silver cup. A real creepy serial killer shot of... Imagine getting one of these postcards and be like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, the the movie ones are (laughs) way better. Leagues ahead of the TV one. The TV ones are bizarre. I don't know who chose these. It's
2: probably like a dartboard.
1: These don't seem like the high glossy stills. These seem more like the knockoffs that you get at conventions. That's right.
2: Oh, boo. <laughs>
1: oh, boy. Well, we've had our
2: fun. Do you have a Highlander postcard? Why don't you mail it to us, please, and write us a nice message?
1: Oh, that'd be so great. Someone but then, write then we'd it. have to
2: give an address. Mm, email us email if you Email us the postcard. Us postcard. <laughs> yeah.
1: Write it, take a picture of it, and send it to us. Yeah. That's right.
2: That's totally fine. That would be great. That and we'll great. treasure it. Forever, mm. red tying in
1: the immortality theme. Burr. I see. Even. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Let's the talk. Fun about... Part's over now. Let's. That's right. Up. You know, Everybody, get ready. Get, get a drink, get a drink. Do whatever you need to do. Need harder for this one. Yeah. Fourth episode. Kurgan Rising is its title. It was recorded January thirty first, two thousand nine, and released in July two thousand and nine. So the director was Sharon Gosling again. We get it already. You did all of them. This was written by two writers. Kevin Scott and Mark Wright. It took two people to make this. <laughs> <laughs> <was threw> <laughs>
2: Mark Wright, more like Mark Wrong. <laughs> but he he did literally Mark Wright this uh, yeah, <laughs> script.
1: Oh hi uh, Mark. So according to the internet, Kevin is a freelance comic writer and author. He is best known for his work on a variety of spin-offs from the BBC television series Doctor Who, as well as comics and novels for Star Wars, Vikings. Ali-Ah Adventures, and Penguins of Madagascar. In April 2016, his 2016 World Book Day... What is this? This was copied, I want to say, from his website. In 2016, his 2016 World Book Day book, Star Wars The Escape, became the UK's number one best-selling book. Wait. That was a mouthful. Wow. He was also the script editor on the first series of Highlander talking books... Highlander oh. talking books.
2: Is that this? That is yeah. this
1: uh, talking books and produced Blake Seven for Big Finish Productions. Uh, he's written a bunch of other books, Patchwork Devil. He also wrote uh, some children's books called Fiction Express and the next of which was called Snaffles the Cat Burglar. <laughs> Snaffles the Cat Burglar. Well, I, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to stake up the bold take that I'd say choosing blind. Better plot than this one, probably.
2: Sure. Snaffles. If Snaffles. it wasn't clear
1: for the people at home, these big finish audio things are audio books made in the UK. They are not widely available now, and we w- listen to them, so-, so you don't have to. <laughs> right? These are not fit for human consumption. Jesus Christ! <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. They did.
1: Mark Wright is a writer who frequently collaborates with Kevin Scott. He also yeah. served as production assistant for the Doctor Who magazine, beginning with issue four forty-eight. Wow, Wow. right? A lot of things there. He was born and lives in Yorkshire, and he has a stage play, Looking for Vi, uh, which was a finalist at the Offcut Festival in 2011. Great. Sweet. Uh, Yeah, sweet. Uh, He seems to have done a bunch of these sort of Big Finish things, Uh, and that's, I don't know, kind of most of his career. Hmm? Yeah, I'm actually a little surprised. Maybe I'm not surprised. I was expecting the writers of these Big Finish things to have like I am like to be screenwriters they they don't tap screenwriters for this they seem to be it's either like its own thing yeah and, and like not all of them are even published novelists like as we learned from that one dude who was like I failed at becoming a writer so I write these Quote unquote story books or like, or audio, what do they call them? Talking books? Talking books? That's what it was. I don't know what it was. Who cares? Uh, so, yeah, it's, I don't know. Weird, weird choice of writers. Uh, it definitely <laughs> doesn't show
2: in the storytelling quality, though, at least. Oh, no. You you can't tell.
1: No, <laughs> no. This star's Adrian Paul, of course, and Toby Longworth is back as Augustus Mason. Uh, this is that dude from Star Wars who uh, was, what's, Trent Lott? Senator Lot yeah. D- Dodd. Lot Dodd, baby. Lott Dodd. Is Dodd, Dodd Frank? <laughs> or it's like, uh, what's oh, his name? Yeah, I think Dod it is. Dodd Frank? I think it is. What's his first name? I don't know. Frank Dodd. Frank Dodd.
2: Frank Dodd. Frank Dodd. Dad, dad,
1: dad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, we are... We are in it, guys. This has been a long day. So the episode description from Big Finish reads, With an increasing number of immortals disappearing, Duncan and watcher Joe Dawson decide to investigate. The trail leads to an imposing Parisian office building owned by business magnate Augustus Mason. But nothing can prepare the Highlander for what he will find within. An old friend, a new foe, and an ancient terror reborn.
2: Ooh
1: so mac says immortals (laughs) survive on their stories and he like this is this like boogeyman this thing is the strangest and most upsetting opening to almost anything let us hear it all kyle Uh, let us so mac decides that the story he wants to open this thing about setting the stage about how important stories are is to tell a story about la lorona Who's like a prostitute yes. who, quote, aborted her many unwanted children, end quote, <laughs> by throwing them in a river. <laughs> Sorry, I'm laughing at that, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> this is shared within the first minute of this. This story is told. And it doesn't need to be said, but let's say it anyway. <laughs> that is not the definition of an abortion.
2: <laughs> the other thing is... She is giving birth... And then murdering the born child. Right. Not an abortion. He heard this story from Karros from the Revolutionary. Right,
1: Weird name drop. Does that come back again later? No. Karen no. no, no. Told Carrot. Yeah. Carrot told him this story that was told by other Mexican revolutionaries fighting against Emperor Maximilian.
2: Mm-hmm. And then he's like, and this reminds me of another boogeyman. <laughs> yeah. It's literally that sloppy a connection, which is like,
1: and also the story this blah, 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 the, story, <laughs> the story this reminds him of is the crazy like no like why would this story remind you of what we're about to, to hear, hear where there's like a goddamn ghost. <laughs> also not to dig in too deep right away but we're gonna. Did anyone like? I, th- I thought about this story a little bit. So th- the story of La Lorena, right? Lorena, La Lorena. Yeah, there is more to the story that we didn't finish. Right. So, well, well, we're gonna get into it. So the deal is, is she aborts her children in the river. Uh, but one day, when she dies, I guess uh, she goes to heaven, and then like God or whoever's up there is like, nope, no way you're getting in, and he like banishes her back to find the spirits. Of
2: her dead 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 children. children. So,
1: and there's more to, oh boy. So in this world, God (laughs) has decided that he, he lets this woman come up to heaven. To tell her, you better go back and get the dead babies, which <laughs> I will not bring up here on my own. Bone. Can souls not, uh, you know, swim or something? Like, There's once they're the drowned, they just go deep, deep. Straight like, to the bottom. That's it. Like, what the fuck, God? <laughs> like, like, the, like, why didn't you why save Why didn't you the, let the baby's souls up? You need to, like, have a murderous prostitute. Get the baby, a murderous the, the,
2: prostitute, ghost. Right,
1: <laughs> has to get the souls for you. And there's a, a small With other side note. She is also murdering living children, right? Because she thinks that they are her children, right? So she drowns them again for some reason. Why isn't she taking them to heaven? Well, no, I don't. Does she murder those other kids? So this is what the way I read it. Them? Well, okay. So this this is the other layer of the story that I wanted to dig into. So this story was told as, like, a legend because, like, kids would be scared to go out because they said, oh, like, La Llorona might might find me by mistake and take me. Oh, no, that's bad, right? Oh, but- she's,
2: she's bad luck. She causes misfortune to people around her. Mm. Mm. So, like, but if what? she's around, something bad's gonna happen. Why? Yeah. Why? God did that. Why did, why did he do that? Why did he send this curse to the <laughs> Yeah, earth? he's
1: like, go uh, fidget around with the children. Those people. I don't you, know. You, might, up, people
2: or whatever. Yeah, don't you know. might curse some of them on the
1: way, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but my other weird thing about the kids being scared uh, was just hold on. Cause I don't think it says she murders them. It's just that she's gonna snatch them up because, she, like, her, she's on a mission in a weird way to save her own soul. Yes. Like, to redeem herself for these murders. So she's got to take these children to heaven. So if she mistakenly takes one of these other kids that's out late at night, like, past their curfew... I mean, the worst thing that happens is you go, like, fucking straight to heaven. <laughs> like, there's not that much to worry about. I mean, like, I guess a bummer. Like, know. bye, God. Mom and Dad. But, like, I get to go to heaven. The like, God in
2: this universe is a little mercurial, though. You uh-huh. don't know what he's going to do when you get there. I guess so. He's naughty. He is naughty. I want there to be, like, a Pokemon game, <laughs> but God. you're La Llorona and you're, like, <laughs> you capturing your your dead, aborted, <laughs> drowned baby fetuses. That's uh, well. the Wailing Woman of the River. Yeah. Oh, I choose you, Paco. (laughs) Okay,
1: Keith, is this going to have anything to do with what's coming next now? Nope.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Is it going to be a weird Frankenstein Ghostbusters mashup? Yep. Yep. Great. Let's do it. (laughs) Then we get this weird, like, cut of, like, electricity noises and, like,
1: He will rise again! Like, someone screams this, right? Yeah.
2: And again, I thought, like, did I, did the files corrupt or something? are the tracks listed out of order? Yeah, I was like, (laughs) where is this coming from? And then it just goes away. But... Then he transitions to saying, like, oh,
1: Immortals have a boogeyman. Like, a boogeyman for mortals and immortals alike. It's the Kurgan. Right. Whoa. Whoa. So now we cut to the, the present or whatever, and Mac is on the phone with Joe.
2: He's on, like, a, a device. Or not on the phone. I'm on, sorry. On, like, a, a little earpiece Right, because Mac's doing
1: some, like, Mission Impossible bullshit. Yeah.
2: Mac's impossible.
1: <laughs> it's a $300 earpiece. Yeah.
2: And Mac says what well, we're all thinking.
1: Nice to see you're doing some watching for a change. Yes. Uh, Which we think constantly. But watching from so far away, he needs an earpiece and can't see anything that's going on inside the building. And you're, in fact, relying on your quarry to explain it to you. Yes.
2: Hey, Mac, why don't you talk a lot while you're sneaking around (laughs) this building? I'm going to ask you loud questions as you're sneaking in a building. Sounds about right. The Watcher Tribunal is worried because Immortals have been going into this building and they haven't been coming back out. Barrel building. The barrel building. Well, yeah, wait, is it called Barrel or Barrow? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell either.
1: <laughs> I wrote right. Barrel 50 times. I wrote Barrow
2: like 50 times. Let's do a barrel, barrel roll, barrel roll. I also want to point out,
1: Max says to Joe, like, Joe's, or uh, Max giving some background on Joe, and he's like, Joe, like, watches and helps me out and whatever. Like, he likes to get involved, which I'm not going to really complain about. Because it helps me. I was like, all you do is complain. You break up constantly over this shit. I'm
2: an immortal. <coughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I got emotional there. I'm an immortal. You're a watcher. Yeah. Maybe it should stay that way. Leave, Joe. See, but Mac
1: really cares when it, help, when it helps Mac, because he's yeah. a selfish dude. Mm-hmm. He's totally fine. Oh, we. We hate you. <laughs> You're not wanted here.
2: Mac was helping them stake out other immortals and then he sees an old friend in a bar Father Alvarez who's
1: a great bear of a priest who's hanging out in a dive bar for some reason yeah also they
2: mentioned this building is like special like it's this
1: it's the biggest building in Paris it's like iconic weirdly and it's like this weird mix of architecture even on the outside it's like art deco and gothic together Uh, also he mentioned he's like the architect and owner and I was like wait wait, what like what architect owns a skyscraper but I guess this guy is just rich and designs his own buildings. so yes oh, oh i also want to mention that joe on the the earpiece with mac it's like a callback to the first story where he's like hey there's been a lot of activity it might be another gathering and it's like I mean, what does that mean it's like oh here we go with that i mean at least, at least they're a little consistent with their terminology in this assuming that's what's going on here right sure
2: which, uh, which is not what's happening.
1: <laughs> right, which is Almost wrong. certainly not. I'm sorry. I've interrupted a number of times.
2: Nope. Bar talk. Let's go. Well, no, it just Mac sees his old friend who he hasn't seen in a long time. And he's like, something's off about him. He's not acting the same. He looks sickly. He looks like ragged.
1: And the guy just like runs away.
2: And he won't talk to Mac or anything.
1: Right. And he follows him too low the barrel building
2: he goes in and he don't come out
1: right and the door was locked behind him like mac tried to vomit and couldn't right so joe somehow using his watcher ways gets blueprints (laughs) blueprints from the city for this building
2: and mac sneaks into the building like i guess during business hours
1: dressed as a courier right
2: so this building is used for regular business Mm Mm-hmm during the day <laughs> yeah and in the basement as like a secret hell pit <laughs> <laughs> that is correct that is indeed what is a just, this just seems like maybe beef up your during the day security but I guess ultimately they want Mac in here yeah so. th-
1: it is it we're gonna kind of find out that all of this. Is a big trap for Mac.
2: None of this these dude, This makes are- no sense. Yep. This is insane. Right? Yeah. This is crazier than the fucking virus one. <laughs> Mac fucking disses Joe and calls him unhelpful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mac. Fucking sucks. Mac is like this version a huge
2: dick in these. (laughs)
1: In these audio series, they take all the worst features (laughs) of Mac and amp them up to eleven.
2: Big dick energy, am I right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And like they don't like amp up his noble qualities. No. They, like, tamp those
2: down. He is, like, the worst possible version of himself in these. Yeah. I don't get it. Why? Mac's not getting any buzz or any senses in this building.
1: Right. And there's this, this weird elevator Joe finds on the, the blueprints. He's like, it goes nowhere. I don't know. And so Max, like, that must be the secret passage or something. It must be the secret of the ooze. Let's right. go. So he goes down this, like, very long elevator, deep underground. Right. Uh, which... which Again, has no security. No. Forgiven because it is ultimately a trap. But it's like, if you have a, a, a door to nowhere, <laughs> you'd think you would
2: put some security on it. He, so, he loses touch with Joe. And he sp- finds himself in a spooky underground cave. Right. A
1: spooky, spooky, bizarre <laughs> underground cave. So it's got all these like flying buttresses and like interesting architectural elements. He says the, the ceiling is ten stories tall. So this is, place is huge. That's enormous. Yeah.
2: So I have a question about this. You know, really? like the eternal. <laughs> <Yeah>, really? <laughs> really? You, have a question? you know the eternal question, like who built the Batcave? Yes. So Wait, that,
1: that's a big. That's like a.
2: Yeah, just like. Oh, sorry. Anybody that built the Batcave would know who Batman is. Oh, I was because just
1: Batman built the Batcave, but. Well, yeah, but like like I get it. All right, yeah. I don't. I don't want to get mired into yeah. the Batman conversations. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
2: But that's like a, a like somebody had to build this fucking thing, right? And once, like, horrible, spooky, world-changing shit starts happening. Which, by the way, is part of this episode. Yeah, at this building. Right. The people that built this might be like, oh, wait, I built that satanic fucking, like, (laughs) death chamber in there. Maybe this guy on the news is responsible for it. Yeah. I mean, maybe at that point it doesn't matter because it's the fucking apocalypse. Right. But that's a great point. I don't know. I'm just like. I like, but I like this what idea. contractors built the death.
1: I liked yeah. it the first time when I saw it in Ghostbusters. Yeah,
2: yeah. So far, I kind of like this. Okay. I'll just put that out All
1: right. Yeah. It's interesting. I like the last one. You're liking this one? Mac would think this was beautiful, but this room is filled with cells in which tortured and beaten people are tied up with like blades suspended over their heads that could decapitate them at any time
2: and they're in they're in what Matt calls alcoves alcoves, alcoves. and they say alcoves 45 million times <laughs> in this episode but what's the
1: name of that famous prison
2: Alco-trap. <laughs> alcove trap <laughs> oh and all the people are naked too that's why they called it. Yeah, they're naked. Yeah, Max checking mm. out everybody's bingo bangers. Mm-hmm. And he tastes them. Ew. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> what? what? the fuck? That was in it. That was in it. <laughs> I went from alcove to alcove and just had a little taste. <laughs> but Max, right, so, still, Max still has no buzz, but he's not sure if these are immortals or, or what's going But he's going
1: getting on. like a weird feeling, right? Yeah. He's like feeling, he's got like a headache. I don't know. Things don't feel right, right? Yeah. Um, And how much the TV screens turn on? Pew 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 pew. pew. I don't think so. Some voice fucking comes on the (laughs) radio. So Augustus Mason, right, owner and architect of the Barrel Building, he knows all about Mac.
2: He has all the Watcher Chronicles. I don't know why. Why? Never explain that, but okay. And he's, it's
1: kind of a, I don't know, maybe it's not that funny, but he's like, oh, I read your whole thing. It was very interesting. He's like, the 80s and 90s were a little boring. (laughs) It's like, ah, that's funny. It's like, that's the show. It's the 1880s and 90s, though. Is it? Yep. I know. I thought it was today. What's so boring about the 1880s? I don't know. What was he doing back then? I thought he was you fucking know. around in San Francisco back then. I don't Mac is literally killed in the 80s and 90s <laughs> like a hundred fucking immortals. It wasn't that boring. I thought this was the 1990s. Yeah. Almost positive he says 18. I don't know. I didn't, I didn't write it down. Yeah, because it's stupid. It doesn't yeah. <laughs> And Mason's not yeah. immortal. And he's like, oh, if you're looking for a mortal, I'm sure I've got one around here for you or whatever. And so this figure enters the room with their head down and, like, is kind of like a zombie. Like, they're not mm-hmm. even acknowledging Mac at all.
2: In your head, in your head, zombie.
1: That's right. But the dude's like also covered in blood and it's fucked up. Yeah. Turns out it is Alvarez. He's He's been conditioned, as Mason says, I think, something like that. Yes. Using, quote, some torture and state-of-the-art psychotropic drugs. It's all about you. Or more specifically, something you have, (sighs) he informs him. Whatever that means. Yep. And so Alvarez attacks Mac, and apparently, like, is not even fighting well. Like, it's just kind of swinging wild. Like, mm. this is a very clumsy fight. And I guess Mac bests Alvarez. It's close, just because Mac's trying not to hurt the guy, but right. eventually he's like, I got to do something about this. While Mac's back is turned, Alvarez like stabs Mac through the thigh. Uh, That's yeah, fu- that sucks. Uh, yeah, that sucks. And Mac reflexively decapitates him. Yep. Which doesn't seem like a reflex. Don't worry, say. it was all part of the plan, Kyle. Yeah. So he decapitates him, describes his bleeding stub of a head as, quote, it shined like a pupa. <laughs> shined bright like a pupa. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the dumbest phrases I've ever heard. And then what happens?
2: Mason turns a video on showing Alvarez blessing the chamber that he's in just a plot point that was used in another one of these of uh, one of four big finish <laughs> a weird location being
1: somehow blessed right yeah also can you bless a fucking torture murder chamber <laughs> does the mystical energy really catch at that point that's a great place like can you bless something as holy that's like a terrible like place evil that's used place. For bad things yeah. yeah no that doesn't seem to like, well,
2: apparently you can.
1: And, <laughs> like, what does he have to do? Just, like, throw some holy water and it counts? I guess so.
2: So he has made McCloud do violence and take ahead on holy ground. Right. Which is a big no-no for those of you not in the loop. Right. And the building has all these weird grooves. So Matt gets this, like, bizarre quickening and all the, like, energy from the quickening is going into these weird grooves and shit.
1: In the building. And is this when the coming of Gozer happened? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I was, like, confused, too, because I was like, wait, Holy Ground. I was like, but they can feel Holy Ground. I'm, I'm like, conf- like I was confused. I mean, yeah. they eventually explain it, but I don't think it's good to, like, let Mac your didn't... audience be confused. Yeah. Yeah. Mac
2: didn't feel Holy Ground when he went into that bar.
1: God, I'm giving you this look like, God yeah. damn it. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah the, the good, good point. The voyage club. Good fucking point. It's just like... It's the same deal.
2: Can you be consistent at all in right. this? No. <laughs> like, the answer is no.
1: no. They can't. They're constitutionally <laughs> incapable of being consistent. <laughs> so the quickening is weird. It's like very painful toward Mac. I like that it throws him against the wall. I thought that was cool. That was cool. Like Mac tries to run away and it like grabs him yeah. and just chucks him against the wall.
2: But it also has an earthquake and it makes him hallucinate that like all his friends are killing him.
1: Yeah, he sees like Kate in her wedding dress. That's an end game reference. He sees Richie. He says in his curls before we knew his fate. It's like oh, boy. It. he sees Tess. Then he all of a sudden he sees these images of these people again as they are dying violently. So he sees himself killing Richie. He sees right. him self stabbing Kate another end game reference. And he sees like Tessa dying. Yeah. So, pretty rough stuff. But then he wakes up in his barge uh, with Joe. And Joe says he's been out for two days straight. Weird. And the world is, like, falling apart, apparently.
2: The world is a vampire.
1: It's just nuts.
2: Yeah, like, there's storms. There's earthquakes. There's, like, a perpetual storm above the building. And Joe's like, what the fuck, man? (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah. The storm breaks all the rules. It turns out. Joe has, like, a meteorologist friend... I could, could not believe this shit. ...to say, like, oh, we've never heard anything of like this.
2: It's oh, like, I don't know, Joe. Maybe, like...
1: <laughs> just turn on the TV. I'm sure they're saying that on the TV. Right, yeah. you don't need a meteorologist hey, friend you think to be this like...
2: This is weird that, like, a storm has... Not stopped for 48 hours. Right, and there's
1: a single cloud above this one <laughs> building that yeah. to be, like, fucking with it. Like, well, is that normal? Know. Oh, it's not? Oh, okay. It's glad Why are there know. earthquakes in Paris? That seems weird. Wow, did you go to school for this? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Mac, like, feels sick. Like, he feels super weak. His throat's sore. Mac has described it as he feels like something was ripped out of him, right? Yeah. And then, because apparently they seem to think that cataclysmic storms tearing Paris apart were not high enough stakes... Joe is like, well, and, and also, all the rules of the game are messed
2: up. <laughs> now immortals are just going into churches, killing each other willy-nilly. Right, and, like,
1: and gangs of immortals are fighting each other. And I'm like, what the fuck is
2: this? How did the word get out so quickly?
1: Yeah, why would that happen? Yeah, like, is this a thing that they know in their like in their gut?
2: Yeah. Oh, sweet, I could kill on holy ground now. Great. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> huh? And then they reference the oft-cited on this podcast Pompeii as the last time Immortals fought right. on holy ground. So I don't know if this makes it canon because we no, had doubts nothing before. nothing about this <laughs> approaches canon. It maybe deserves to get
1: shot by a cannon. I want to get shot in the mouth with a cannon after listening to this. In the mouth specifically? In the mouth? What? What? Huh?
2: <laughs> in the mouth?
1: In the mouths. In the mouths? <laughs> Joe's like, you got to check this out. And he turns on the TV and Mason is being interviewed. Did anyone catch this weird line about Mason's wife? No. There's a line about like, my wife's work is ruined or something. My life's work?
2: No. That, oh. that might
1: have been it. <laughs> my life's work. I heard my wife's work and I was like, did his wife help design? I was so confused. <laughs> God damn it. My wife. <laughs> My life. It's weird, but he's like, oh, well, no one can come in the building because it's not safe. I can't right. Tell we got to figure safe. out what's going on here.
2: Uh, How was this building not, like, destroyed?
1: Good <laughs> did question. Did he build it to withstand Lightning. this thing he knew would happen?
2: Yeah. I guess. That makes sense. Why did he assume any of this would go the way it did? <laughs> this makes no sense. <laughs>
1: Oh really? Is it going to get weirder? Yep. Yes. This is In like such a shitty <laughs> such a shitty like fan story that would be posted on like a message board. This blows. It's fuck. not even a good. It's not a good fan story. It's like Right. Cuz there are like decent fan stories out there uh with like passionate fans that like get the ca- This is just rambling nonsense (laughs) it gets nothing about what makes this good and it's just like wow what about
2: this let's introduce more concepts (laughs) (laughs) that's what this universe needs so like a mysterious figure is like at the barge and joe goes to like investigate it
1: right i also want to say that joe mentions that 200 people have already been reported dead from this earthquake so mac inadvertently has killed Two hundred! 200 200. 200. <laughs> yeah. so uh, Connor appears now, <laughs> yeah it's sick. let's well, I'm not
2: even gonna tease this
1: the The person who shows up is fucking Connor Mcleod, who's
2: wearing like rags and shit, he stole rags from a transient that's, that's <laughs> fucked, yeah. yeah, you have one possession, let me take it <laughs> like. That doesn't seem like a very Connor... It's only raining for days.
1: You're not going to need clothes, are you? In a (laughs) hailstorm. Hey, buddy, give me those clothes. (laughs) Got any sweatshirts? Dead. Is that what I am? (sighs) We hear earlier and are informed that when you get killed, you are joined like a chorus of souls struggling to escape your body, is what we are told in a prior episode. Right. Connor, however, says that he's in paradise and that he has been living there with heather and his two kids juan <laughs> and duncan
2: <laughs> yeah let's all take some so time and laugh at this stupid shit. why do you name him john i'm going to name you after my oh juan sebastian Vio lobos ramirez yeah why does he just name him john or
1: ramirez so like he's in somehow like immortal heaven where you have kids, you can have kids in heaven. I don't know. The, I don't want to press too hard on the mechanics of that. So he does not seem to be clamoring amongst a, a horde of other voices no. to get out. No, I feel like. Did you think they got that that notion from the first movie? Like when the Kurgans quickening happens, like all those like demons are out there. Like is that kind of what they're trying to draw from? But like uh, it's so weird because this is a TV scene. Like they're merging these two worlds that don't really mix. The mythologies yes. are different. And they've been, like, the the writers have tried to mix these up before, but it's always, like, not... It's never going to be perfect. Uh, so it's confusing. I don't know.
2: And Connor just shows up at the barge to, like, to get answers.
1: Right. Because he knows where the barge is. Yeah. Um,
2: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Why wouldn't he know where the barge is? Why would he? Why wouldn't he? His best <gasps> oh. friend His best friend and cousin has a place in Paris. I guess so. Good point. Great yes. point, Kyle. And how. Glad that thread is tied up. <laughs> yeah. Josie, and not like- only that, one more thing. He wakes up. On, like, a tarmac. Naked. Naked, but with the Clan MacLeod sword from the Mm -hmm. first movie in his hands. Which isn't even a thing he uses. Like, it's not like he died with that sword Sword. in his hand. He hasn't seen it in hundreds of years. Yeah, so the fates have just blessed him with, like, take your sacred weapon. Here, take this sword. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, okay. So, so Joe's like, they,
2: it's that building,
1: right? He pulls out. He's like, look at this Ghostbusters shit, and they talk about all this weird ass art. I mean, this is it's it's so blatant how this is Ghostbusters. It makes me mad, right? Yeah,
2: I ain't afraid to know Joe. <laughs> Very good. <laughs>
1: there is no Kurgan, only Zul. So Mac, so they're like looking at symbols or something, and so Mac like, or Joe go- is now both a some kind of witch and an architect, and he looks. At the buildings and discovers that they're like Siberian inscriptions for power and resurrection and dominion. Dominion. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. and they're like oh it must have been all to bring you back connor and, and then mac is like oh the energy channel through the building it's like what
2: <laughs> i watch blade <laughs> they're trying to resurrect the blood god the
1: blood god <laughs> but i guess like connor's like it should have ripped the city apart but like the building is what like controlled the whole thing like it would have been worse without the building
2: i guess so you like pull Max corpse and they also give the detail that connor changed into max clothes which i'm like i don't think i'd care no what clothes are connor wearing now but they wander through this he's not wearing a turtleneck yeah
1: (laughs) yeah Uh, he's wearing that
2: white coat (laughs)
1: that's right uh connor thinks his resurrection was somehow an accident though he didn't think this was supposed to happen everyone in this entire thing is always making wild conjectures that turn out to be a thousand percent correct (laughs) Always. That is just the hallmark of this thing. They're like, should I just take a wild shot in the dark? Oh, I nailed the bullseye? Great. Great. They decide they got to go to the barrel or Barrow building, whatever it is. Uh, It makes more sense if it's the Barrow building because there's a hole underneath it. What? What's that mean? Or, like, that, I guess it's more of, like, a barrow. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. That's I was, like... But I think you can also say... I think barrow is also, like, a name for, like, a den. Yeah, oh,
2: barrow, it? that's a thing. Yeah. What's... I didn't know that. Bar- I have to barrow some money from you. That's right. Because mm, I'm in the hole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it all comes full circle.
1: <laughs> hey, rewatchers. I know you've been... Thinking about joining our Patreon, but if you haven't yet, here's one of the things that you're missing out on. You get might get to do a excellent fan interview, like the one we are about to do at this very moment with good friend of the show, Roy. Roy, how you doing, man? Hello. How's everybody doing today? We are doing great. great. Most vodacious. Fantastic. Fantastic. Roy, I got a question for you, Roy. Is that short yes. for uh, anything like Roymond? <laughs>
0: I wish I wish but you guys just keep uh, saying Roy M you can say you can call it like an Australian rhyme like roy Roym, Roy-m. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That is good. Wordplay. Uh, yes. So
1: Roy, how did you find this weird wacky world of Highlander?
0: So Highlander has always been one of those shows that I've re- I enjoyed from like age 12. I found it while I was serving my uh, my channels and channels on my grandmother's television. I was like, "What is this? Oh, that's is that Highlander? I don't I didn't know. So I saw watch this guy get his head cut off, and I was like, "Oh crap! Okay, so I got <laughs> so I started getting into it a little bit more. But uh, I uh, I joined the Air Force uh, back in '98, and I continued watching. I started buying all the VHS tapes, uh, buying all these things, and it was a just a great time. Now. Twenty years later, after when I uh, when I retired, I started getting back into it, and I found a couple other podcasts. But then I found your podcast, and I was like, "This is this is great. This is exactly what I need." Because you guys have the same kind of humor that I had, that I spent a lot of years with. So it was really good to uh, be in that same kind of genre and listen to you guys. Kind of banter back and forth it was it was a good time,
1: awesome, thank you so much that's uh yeah. we for the time. banter <laughs> do
2: you still have do you still have your v h s are they the v h s with like the picture on the side if you have all of them of like
0: oh yeah i I don't know where they are now, but I used to have them like every season, oh yeah, absolutely that's, every season, nice. including the best of Highlander, oh yeah, I remember seeing oh, that, that we one talk about that,
1: <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it. that came out like after the show ran, they like released this like bonus. Thing where it was like, yeah, the best of Highlander.
0: Yeah, the, and everything had like uh, the, all the extended uh, versions of the episodes and a little thing at the end uh, that's called Highlander Under the Kilt. Right. Oh, you always wonder what was so under silly. the kilt. Yes.
2: <laughs> Did they actually show under Adrian Paul's kilt? Really graphic. Well, I mean, like
0: I don't think they actually had the kilt to look up, but I think uh, if you you know, well, we look underneath and we go, oh, there's more uh, more behind the scenes Highlander stuff. Okay. There.
1: And Adrian's balls.
0: Yeah, and that. And That's very behind. Yeah, that is very
1: behind the scenes. So are you on Team Connor or Team Duncan?
0: Oh, I have to be on Team Duncan. I'm sorry. Uh, any any He's sort not of here, you're not gonna offend him. No, <laughs> <I didn't... laughs> what you did go is over Team Connor. Yeah. Okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway, why
1: uh, why Team Duncan?
0: Well, because first of all it's Who I, uh, who I really started out with, I I started watching some of the uh, stuff. for the Highlander the series first, and then I started going back to the movies. And when I started looking at the movies, I felt that Connor was very two dimensional in the uh, in the in the movies. It, it didn't really have depth. And I think that Adrian Paul and Duncan and, and the series what it brought to it was what was missing in the movies. You know, it was depth. When you when you start talking about the things <laughs> like yeah, it doesn't doesn't do a whole lot.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> TV shows have that benefit that they can really flesh out a character and things get complicated, which is good.
0: Exactly. And you guys bring up a lot of things like what well, what made a good high Hounder uh, movie. It was the history, uh, the immortality question, like how do you deal with that, and then it was the sword fights. Then you started. You, we we started talking about the uh, the series. We started bringing in that that famous moral question that you guys keep bringing up. It brought a, a, a whole new depth of character to not only Duncan but the series itself, and it started like making you ask questions, and it was great. What do we think the moral question of Highlander Two is? At this point, I think my only moral question is, is why did you make it? <laughs>
2: This is- and, and, and space skateboards <laughs> that fly are, are cool. Wait, you guys didn't think that was cool? <laughs> Not, That's my no. moral question.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Can somebody please tell hoverboards <laughs> don't work on water. <laughs> Boards don't work on water. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nice, Roy. What's your uh, favorite episode of the series, or do you have one?
0: Oh, I, I think I think you need to help me out with this one, Amon, because we're gonna go, we're gonna do. Duende. (laughs) That's good. Very nice. So, you see, Dwayne. For me, listen. I like this. Oh, yes, I love you guys. I love you can listening you, to you guys. Can, I, you, can you imagine if somebody
1: donated to our Patreon just to troll us?
0: <laughs> an I have no idea what we were doing. That would be uh, like, uh, I just. I just came onto this episode just to see what you guys. Uh, is this yep. is this a podcast? <laughs> That's a,
1: a ninety dollar
0: gag. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I didn't so, inter- interrupt you. Right, sorry.
0: No, it's okay. Uh, when I was just getting into Highlander, I. Literally obsessed over Duende because it was one of those one of those things where it didn't it transcended it transcended Highlander in such a way where it wasn't just the big the sword fight with the katana, like Duncan McLeod always had to have a katana. It brought something new to it. And when Anthony DeLongis, you know, bringing that whole that, that whole style of the streza, it really transformed very late in the series, it very it's, it, it transformed it into something that was it was really, really cool. And I I I obsessed over the style and everything like that. I actually bought the sword. I bought oh, wow. uh, the rapier that uh, that Anthony Zolli just carried, and the and the dagger. And uh, later on, I actually found uh, Duncan's rapier, and I had them all signed at uh, Combat Con. By both Anthony DeLongis and uh, Adrian Paul. Oh, that's so. Bad. Yeah, so it sounds
1: like you've got some pretty sweet Highlander merch. Yes, is that the like crown jewel of your collection, or is there something else?
0: The the rapiers and such were. I think there was the Duncan's tilt rapier that was sold by Marto, and that didn't really that I didn't really know much about that, but I found it on museum replicas, which is where they they bought a lot of their stuff later on after I uh, promised cash went. Yeah, this this the, all this stuff you bought from Marto was crap. Let's let's move on to something. Let's move on to something a little bit better and. Uh, so I started buying, you know, the the Flambarage rapier that uh, uh, that Consone had was there, and I bought that. And then the rap uh, the the Mangosh, the dagger that he had, I had, I bought that, and it was good.
1: You seem to know a bit about this stuff. Do, are you? Uh, do have you like studied swordplay at all? Do you know? Have you got the the skills that kills so, even?
0: The skills, the skills uh I just started so the the problem was when i was when I was in the air Force I spent twenty years in the air Force and they don't teach in that in the air Force they don 't teach sword fighting in the air force surprisingly no. enough, they, you know they they barely teach you how to shoot a gun <laughs> they, they have you turning wrenches on the on the on the rear lines instead of going into the front lines Makes but sense. um in general, I didn't have a whole lot of places to go to because I live out, I live, I kind of live out in the rural part of uh, Missouri. I didn't have a whole lot of places to go to to find out uh, how to, how to fight. So what I did was, I started. I bought uh, Anthony DeLandres's, um videos, the uh, rapier for the stage and screen, oh, yeah. and broadsword for the stage and screen, and I bought those. And I I started learning from them. I learned the learned how to, to attack in a, in a stage combat sort of environment. And by the time I got through, you know, I learned a lot of those things. And by the time I got through all the, all those things. I, I, you know i felt like i'd you know i'd accomplished something but the problem is i had no one to spar with or to to do a choreography with or do something like that and sword experience actually gave me that that huge opportunity i've been to about six of those things and they are wow. they're great they're
2: great that's uh, awesome did you get to do any of
1: the fights from the show when you did the sword experience
0: yeah uh so did um the pharaoh's daughter I didn't actually do the Pharaoh's Daughter. I did, uh, I did the, uh, the fight for the Pharaoh's Daughter. Pharaoh's Daughter was an interesting fight because it, had, it was all defense on Duncan's side. Until the, be- the, the beheading, I assume. Yeah, did it was, you, did it was always have all, to all flip defense. you
1: over your opponent? Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 no, I think if, if I if I did it was it would, it would have been kind of crazy. But no, I I'm not as I'm not as young as I used to be. Put it to it like that. Did they bring out uh, like the, doves uh... and stuff? <laughs> That's right. Yes, <doves. laughs> that. yeah, right in the middle of it, right in the middle of it, the, they unleash some doves. and you're like, "Whoa, what happened there?" <laughs> okay. Duncan is always on the defensive in that in that fight because she he didn't want to kill her. So he's, he's basically parrying the entire, all of her, ta- all of her attacks away and barely gets, you know, doesn't do anything until the end when he finally cuts her head off. That's a, and that that's was a,
1: definitive a, final statement, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Also did the Methuselah's Gifts with uh, just before Mythos, get, you know, talks about Alexa uh, breathing through a tube. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great fight, too. That's
1: a good one. That is a good, it's a,
0: it's a good fight. fight. It's a, it really is a good fight. The uh, And it was done at, at a train yard in, in Kentucky. It was done at a train museum in Kentucky. So we kind of had that, that re- little bit of relation.
2: Oh, neat. That's super and cool. Actually, I yeah,
0: remember seeing was,
1: the pictures online of that, uh, sword experience. That looked cool.
0: The, uh, the funny thing about it was, was that I, I, I was, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about this for a long time and I finally get an opportunity to tell you guys about it. There was that, uh, we start getting into the sword experience and Adrian's talking about the, uh, this, the episode and he says, this episode's all about miscommunication. And I go, that's like eighty percent of the series. Yeah, right. That's the whole thing. <laughs> it's like you know, there's got to be mis- there's a miscommunication somewhere in this, you know, in a lot of different episodes.
2: Roy, you could have told us Adrian was there with you recording. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. He, <laughs> he definitely Oh, you
2: How long have you known? Don't do it in front of me. No. <laughs> Adrian, how long have you known Roy? Oh,
0: about a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, it, it, what was it? What was he like as a sword experience student? Was he a quick study? Was he kind of the dunce? What
0: was it? Oh, definitely dunce. <laughs> definitely, definitely dunce. No, it, it was. It, it was interesting. I, I did a couple of different sort, you know, sword experiences, and I actually made a fool of myself. I made an utter damn fool of myself. <laughs> wow. and, uh, at the academy. Cool. Well, so I did that one thing that I'm not, that you're not supposed to do, you know, meeting your, meeting your, your childhood idol. And that's, that's say something that you're going to regret. There were, for the rest of the, the rest of the time like i'm out there talking to uh to adrian at the uh just after the the academy goes and we're talking about the whole thing and i'm talking you know I, I'm, I have my wife with me and we're talking about things and i i mentioned something about it's it's great because he's a he's a great actor but if i go into her classroom and i ask and ask anybody in her classroom who adrian paul is nobody's gonna know who you are uh uh <laughs> and i went and it, was, it took me about a day to realize that I'd made the biggest fucking mistake uh. in my life. I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I did that."
2: Uh, if so, it, if it makes you feel any better, Roy, like I tell people, I do this podcast, and most of your average citizens have no idea what I'm talking, about.
0: So, <laughs> including your mom. Yeah, including my mom. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing about Adrian is he he was he was very gracious. He, he he's like nodded and said, "Oh, yes, you're right. You're yeah, absolutely right. Nobody's gonna you know, know." And I was like, and later on, I went, "Oh." Did I make uh, that? Was the what? What I no.
1: I mean, I appreciate sure the kids love iBorgs, though. <laughs> I yeah. and Trank. yeah Borgs. <laughs> a yeah. crime story. So you never know. And actually, he was just in an episode of Arrow. So. Yeah, they would know him from Arrow. Oh yeah. yeah I mean, now, you know, and, if they watch Arrow, I mean, they're
0: too busy, you know, neck deep in their phones to figure out what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Anything like that, though. So
1: sorry, I didn't hear that, Roy. I was too busy texting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so are so. you on team?
0: Anne or Team Tess? Oh, you know, I think Anne was a little bit better fleshed out, but, um you know, a lot of people have this, a lot of people have a big, have a lot of issue with Anne, like, because she's not Tessa. And you go, you didn't you didn't give her the didn't even give her the opportunity to to flesh to flesh her out like make make her, you know something a little bit more su- substantial like Tessa was it was barely fleshed out by the end of the by the end of the, you know the first season and then you kill her three or three or four episodes later
2: you're not wrong so, about that <laughs> and Anne has more drama in her in her arc than Tessa yeah, did exactly
0: and you know it, it was just sad that, that she had to leave so early but you know it was even sadder that she had to leave during, on an episode like that <laughs> the, the Blitz. Blitz. Yeah. The Blitz. <laughs> that's right. They quoted. They quoted the
1: Blitz. <laughs> <laughs> you, your AP impression, I gotta say, is pretty good. Yeah.
0: Pretty, pretty I have some good, good ones. I have a I have a Smeagol impression that's uh, that's pretty killer. Yeah. Oh, let's hear it. I have this, uh, you know. I just give a little backstory. I, I used to work on uh, in, an air, in an aircraft, and there was this uh, this bay you go into. That's it's kind of it's really dark in the in the middle of the whole thing. And you have someone, you, there's someone working back there. All you hear is, you know, it's just dark, and you have a flashlight, and it feels like you're in a you're in a haunted house. So if someone comes up behind you and goes, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it sounds like he's here. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> then you have it. Then you start having problems. Yeah. No. Right. So.
2: Can you say um, what's Tater's precious?
0: <laughs> what's what's total's <taters> precious? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Oh, my Amazing. Wow. This is like Andy, Serkis.
2: Bravo. <laughs> Andy yeah, Circus. Bravo. So, Andy Circus is there yeah. too. Wait a minute. Andy,
0: Andy Circus Andy Circus actually, from what I remember, he actually uh, Is it a combination of Andy Circus and Andrew and Paul.
2: Yeah. One gollum it.
0: plus Adrian Paul.
2: Let's do it. What's a don't do
0: precious Wow. Uh, this is yeah a real treat it's a like cavalcade a cavalcade yes. of stars good times it's good times
1: so we asked this of all of our uh, interviewees would you want to be immortal if you had the chance
0: i think the if you'd asked me that i i, I know i've heard this several times before after you know that, that question being answered in the same way but i'm gonna go ahead and do it anyway but if you'd asked me about 15 years before yes and I say it only because, you know, since, since then I've, I've met a, my wife who I want to spend the rest of my life with. And, you know, I want to grow old with, and I have three beautiful kids that I love a whole lot. And I, I don't want to, I wouldn't want to give that up. I would never want to give that sort of thing up. But if I could have all of the benefits and none of the, and, and none of the disadvantages, like if I could. Live forever and be able to bring my kids and my and my wife along with me, and then not worry about getting you know getting killed getting decapitated with a sword. Maybe, well
2: yeah, that, that yeah. does remove a lot of the uh, impediments. What
0: so there,
2: but you're prepared. You have the tools. <laughs> yeah. I have
0: plenty. I have plenty of swords. You've got yeah. the tools. You've got the talent. Yeah. You have, wait, do <laughs> so you right. have more swords? Much to my swords? credit cards' dismay, I have all the tools I need.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you're doing that are. Uh, listeners might be interested in
0: as far as plugging goes i always want to uh i always want to plug uh the sword experience facebook pages i think it's sort of sxp the ultimate sword experience fan page uh sword experience participants with uh, experience with an x uh the people that that run them i've met on, along the way in, at the sword experiences uh shan priscilla jay we have all all these folks that that i've met along the way that i never would have met anywhere else and if you think about life as the sum of all your experiences and the people that you made along the way, I'm, pr- I'm truly blessed to meet people like that in this in this experience. I'm truly blessed to, to, to talk to you guys as well. So, it's, it's just been a good time.
1: Yeah, I know. What, what if the uh, real sort experience was the friends we made along the way? Mm-hmm. That's right. That is what it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm still hung up on your Smeakl impression. I'm not yeah. going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> that was an order of magnitude better than I was expecting.
0: Smeakl fool. full! Uh, that sort Thing it was, I I used I learned that a long long time ago. Apparently, Andy Circus had a had a thing where he wanted where he wanted to, you know. Make it, you know, mimic essentially a cat throwing up.
1: <laughs> is that what you channel when you do that?
0: That, that is, yes. I, I had a cat and I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> no, any circus, he, uh, he, that that's, he's, sure he heard too. a cat puking up and he's like, what if I did that with, with Gollum? I didn't, I didn't. Yeah, that yeah. is, is kind of yeah. what it
1: sounds like. It's but been
0: I, it's been pretty good.
1: Well, thank you so much, Roy, for taking the time to be with us, for being a loyal legendary Vmos tier patreon patron for those at home if you want to participate in an interview like this one and i'm not gonna lie i i don't know if you're gonna be able to top this one but i encourage you to try <laughs> you should tiptoe on over to patreon.com slash rewatched and you know what yeah join join this illustrious bandwagon get on it you know Who knows? You can even call in with your friends, Andy Serkis and Adrian Paul. Why not? The more, the
0: merrier. That's right. And remember, security is the reason you should pick D. (laughs) Musk. See,
1: he's got it. This guy knows what is up. Roy, you might be our new favorite fan.
0: Well, I I certainly hope so. Uh, You guys are my favorite podcast right now, so it's good. Thank you so much. It's a good good relate.
1: People at home, you've now got the Royd rage. So (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining us, Roy.
2: Thank you, Roy. Thank Thank you. you.
1: Okay, so they go into this building.
2: But, like, shops are being looted. Oh, right. People are, like. Looking them giving them the once over but I guess they're carrying swords so they're like we'll leave these guys alone sure <laughs> Fair.
1: so they go down there Max seems to like have an inkling what's gonna happen he's like my gut was wrenching because I knew what we'd find down there and, and he
2: like, throws up
1: that's right he does throw, throw up,
2: up. And Joe is not with them Joe stayed behind no because he's a wuss <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: So anyway, they get down there. Mason is in the center of the room, and he's like, who's going to be next? Who's going to get the honor? And he pushes a button on, like, a remote, and And it, like, activates. Some woman comes out. Okay. And then who is there? Yeah, why is Yeah. All right. There's that detail.
2: (laughs) A naked woman appears. Just because this needs to be gross. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Even grosser. Yep. Connor and Duncan are watching this from afar, and a dark figure emerges. And who is it but the Kurgan? Surprise!
1: Surprise! Trademark line. Hello, pretty.
2: Hello, pretty. Uh, is the Kurgan naked? Do they say he's just got a giant <laughs> schlong? Yeah. They don't mention like. Does he have his Kurgan sword? His original sword? Great
1: question, Kai. You, you mentioned his schlong. What do you think's going down there? Going on down there? <laughs> what about what about it? Is, 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 is In he, does he have a Prince Albert? I mean, you've obviously yes. thought a little bit about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's uncircumcised, but it has a, a series of piercings. Oh, you think so? Yeah. All right.
2: Mm. Does it have like two pointed there we go. prongs, there we go. like yes. his sword?
1: Yes, like and... his sword. Are they retractable? Yes, and
2: <laughs> he has to he has to <laughs> assemble it from his suitcase.
1: <laughs> Put the old dick together
2: here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Victor Krueger So. Oh, and this is where he says, Do you like celebrities as much as I do? I this sure fucking dude, talk, so. this guy, oh, no, we even
1: talked about this guy. He talks like an American game show host. Yes. I was like, This yes. guy's yes. voice sucks. I would never have cast this guy as, as a villain? As this character. Yeah. He's kind bizarre. of like,
2: he's like a fun villain, though. He's like, well,
1: he's, he's like over the top. Pause. Start. There is a point that there is going to be revealed of everything he's done up to now. But what he is doing in the moment in which they find him is baffling and I have no idea why it's happening. Right.
2: So well, ta- I think he's just away. like sadistic and is just like, I'm going to watch the Kurgan kill these immortals. Well, he
1: mentions like it's like feeding time and like the mm. Kurgan comes from like behind bars. Like he's an animal or something. It's like feed. It's like what? Like, I don't know how he controls these people either. Is it, I guess it's all those drugs and like the, the conditioning or whatever. I, I don't understand. Where's all his henchmen? I don't like. He
2: them. can't do this alone.
1: Sure, he has no henchmen. Yeah, where are the henchmen? Where are the hench women? It's 2009.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> women can hench now. It's the 21st century. So, like Mason throws this woman a sword, and the Kurgan basically just kills her. Yeah, <laughs> very easily. No
1: big deal. Mason knows they're there. He's like, "All right, come out, you jerks!" And when they do, he orders
2: the Kurgan to kneel
1: before him, and he does.
2: Yes, much to everyone's surprise. And Connor's like, this isn't the real Kurgan. Like, that sword fight was so sloppy. Right. And the the Kurgan's like a brilliant swordsman, even though he's the most evil immortal ever. Oh, and he also is like, this points to an inconsistency in the movie. He's like, even though the Kurgan was so evil, he always played by the rules. And this Kurgan isn't doing that. This is true. But I guess we're supposed to think he's being mind controlled.
1: Right. In some way. I have a question. He just killed on holy ground. Uh, What happens... Then. I think we're supposed to think that that's why these storms are still ongoing. Oh, Man, he's been like since Mac escaped. He's just been like periodically doing this. He says a bunch of the cells are okay. Him. I can get behind that. I guess I don't know why. Does the building have another purpose? Because if so, so it's an not, accounting firm on, build, uh, yeah. on floor six. But uh, like for the mystical energy. Because like if not, like why what's happening perpetually? with yeah
2: the just, mystical energy just like, right
1: take them out just take them out back yeah yeah or, or unbless it you unbless it yeah pee on it
2: can <laughs> you do that <laughs> can you unbless a blessed building great question hmm. mason
1: reveals his scheme here which is that they, he is part of another secret group there's yet another <laughs> secret group. called the sons of the kurgan or Sons of Kurgan, right? Yeah. Are they, like, the Sons of Anarchy? My, oh, also, there should be, it should be noted at some point, uh, either Joe says it or Mac realizes realizes it. It has to do with, like, the architecture, like, about that Siberian, like, Siberian architecture. Like, Robin, Ooh. do you know what that means? The Kurgan? It's like, huh, what? Oh, also, by the way, Siberian architecture? Is that a thing that exists? Like, are there, meant like, you know what I mean? Like, what <laughs> the is... The way we'd like, understand yeah. It? like like, yeah. what, what is Siberian architecture? Like, I don't know a lot of. No offense, to everyone out there. I don't know a lot about Siberia, but it's uh, from what I've heard from like media representations, it's a wasteland. It's like nothing but wilderness, right? And it, and I thought it was fundamentally occupied by nomadic people. Exactly, like Who so, would not be. Building skyscrapers. Exactly. like play. So in that respect, you know, uh, Siberian architecture are like small cabins and, you know, like some... Temporary structures. Right, like some tents and things like that. Like, is that what this building looks then like? Then where does
2: the Trans-Siberian Orchestra play? <laughs> oh, my God. That's a great question. <laughs> oh, I hate that shit so
1: much. And it's good that, because this is like leading up mean? to Christmas here. This episode is, what, two weeks away from Christmas? That shit is awful. You're awful. Wow. <laughs> You're, do you like do you, that? I love them. Do no, you really? It's yeah. so stupid. How do you feel I about Mannheim steamroll? God damn it, guys.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's so <laughs> <cheesy>. <laughs> There's
1: nothing wrong with this. Like why? Ugh.
2: So, I have no opinions. I'm just busting the balls. All right. I think you should have an opinion.
1: I mean, my Take opinion, a stand. I, I don't have a strong opinion. I think your opinion is too strong. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. What's your opinion on them? I don't know. Like it's not how I would choose to listen to Okay, Christmas okay, music. let's frame it this oh, way. Just shut, up, shut, like up, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. have Christmas music? <laughs> no, 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 no. No. Fuck. No. Listen. That that doesn't that no. That doesn't hold water. Like being like, "Oh, like if you like metal, well, you you need your own Christmas music. Uh, I, I like all sorts
2: of kinds of music. I don't need a version of every song in that style of music. I need a version of every song in every style. In every style. style. So, like, all right, just, no, but I, just, the, the, the y- to, to gauge your opinion, I, when when this when the stupid Carol of the Bells comes on
1: the radio. Around Christmas time For the 800th time And it's trans Siberian Orchestra What is your opinion Like Do you turn it up Or turn it off Oh I turn it off So okay So you do have an opinion I mean I don't want to listen to this I'm not saying I'm like Into it But I'm saying like I don't know Sounds like you're out of it You're gone I'm done Off I'm just saying like (laughs) what what, Picture like The Vince Giraldi trio And the the I like that Soundtrack Yeah It's jazz versions Of a, a series of Christmas standards Right this is a, a treatment of that with a different style of music. And I don't think it's preferable. I'm not into it's it. It's definitely not preferable. <laughs> We're Like like you said, oh, the Vinstraldi stuff from Peanuts. Like, oh, there's a nice version of Christmas songs. You're right, because who wants to listen to, like, Deck Doll? <laughs> and there's just shredding fucking guitars. It's like, why <laughs> into that? That's not the choice to make regarding those songs. But if you like that music, maybe that's always the choice you want to make. Hey, I'll also say I like some metal. Uh, I like metal songs that are about, like, I don't know. Not Christmas. That's not the topic.
2: Oh, you know who else likes metal? The Kurgan.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Bring it back home. Thanks, Amon. So he's (laughs) part of this bullshit. The Sons of
2: the Kurgan that began in the 1800s. They thought the Kurgan would win the game. Right. Just because he's such a beast. And they want to be on his side when he wins.
1: So their whole point is they're not doing anything to help him win. They're they just, say they worship him. And they say they worship him. Yes, they worship, worship that's him. That's a quote. yes, we worship the Kurds. And their plan is just to, when he wins, emerge from the sad shadows and, quote, pledge allegiance to him. Cool. Also, as the Kurgan, you will have no discerning way to tell the difference between them and everyone else who, like, ostensibly might be bowing, bowing to your power. You are now the most powerful—you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So plenty of people will just submit to you anyway because, like, oh, shit, I guess I've got no choice. Like, yeah. And so why would he regard you as special in any way? Because you haven't done anything along the way. And why not help him? Yeah, which they apparently have not done. I mean, that's in their favor. And if- also, why do they care that it's the Kurgan? You thought he was going to win. You were wrong. It doesn't matter. Your only plan is just to pledge allegiance to the winner. Right. So why do you care if it's the Kurgan or just I don't know, fucking anybody else? Yeah.
2: They think he looks cool.
1: At first I was like, Oh, are they some weird like apocalyptic death cult? Well that's kind of what I was wondering. I was like, what what are they after? Like why Nothing. support an evil they have person? No goals. They have nada.
2: Boo. Story sucks. <laughs> They studied quickenings and immortal legends to, like, build this building somehow.
1: That doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Like, in the last 20 years, they've figured out this.
2: And somehow from this, they figured out that if they build this building and have immortals fight on holy ground, magic corpses will emerge from thin air. And then you can use psychotropic drugs to control them? Why didn't every enemy that Duncan vanquished appear? Yes, why, Why is it, it only Connor it, and the Kurgan? So I was thinking about this. I think because it's a, and again, this is more justification than this deserves. It's attuned to it's bring back Siberian shit. The architecture,
1: yeah, it's like Ugh. attuned to the Kurgan. Mm. Its goal is it's supposed to bring back the Kurgan and only the Kurgan. But it's like a little nesting doll because <laughs> the Kurgan is inside Connor, who's inside Mac. So in order to bring back the Kurgan, it also rips out Connor. I, that's a pretty good explanation I of this. I think that's what this I is supposed to be. I wish they wrote that down and nope. had Adrian read it. Yeah, yeah maybe nope.
2: put that in in the book <laughs> yeah, or the, whatever this is. Your, but I think that's what the story to be. or whatever it is. And th- there's an internal logic that doesn't require, like, callous to be like, up? But then they're like, oh, and then once the Kurgan, our like, our dude, was defeated by Connor, they were like, oh, we don't like Connor. He, he seems kind of dull. And it's like, we can't be the sons of Connor. It's like, how about the sons of a cloud? That sounds better. Yeah, and also... He killed your guy. Sorry. Like He's obviously he won. better. Like it's like people with j- disingenuous arguments like or <laughs> they're just like my real thing is I hate this thing, but I'm going to make up a fake reason. Like they just like the Kurgan cuz they're evil or whatever. Yeah. Which apparently they are and have no other discernible goal. But where are all these other people? Great question. Nowhere. Like this is the culmination of their dream to like resurrect the Kurgan and the only person here is Augustus <laughs> Mason. Yeah. There's supposed to be an order. <laughs> Maybe it really broke down after uh, the Kurgan he, died, yeah, or after he built like a, a death amphitheater.
1: <laughs> no, like I'm not sure if I'm oh, cool with I this guy. So the Kurgan, this whole thing was to bring him back,
2: yeah. And the Kurgan recognizes Connor and keeps on saying Highlander,
1: oh, right? Like his hatred is too much, and so basically gets pissed at the Kurgan. He's like, "When I say kill, you kill." And then the Kurgan grabs him by the neck and just like chokes him, him out. out.
2: Yeah, just snaps him like a twig. So that's the second like neck snapping in this series yeah. as well. Yeah. There are
1: lots of neck snaps.
2: Connor's like, "All right, I'll I'll fight the Kurgan." And the Kurgan starts losing, but then Connor just stops fighting and lets Instead the Kurgan Instead of beheading him. Yeah. Just lets the Kurgan kill him.
1: Also, they they hang a lantern on... Connor easily does this because he has had more quickenings since the time he defeated the Kurgan. So he's more powerful. And And this is like a weaker version of the Kurgan because he's like... I don't get it. But like, why is this a weaker version of the Kurgan? Oh, is it the drugs? that They're just not good fighters because they're all doped up? Like, why does Connor have... Like, I was kind of curious this whole time. I was like, are they all back to square one? Like, I thought that too about duncan i was like is the reason he's so weak is that he's got no gas left in the chamber like all the quickenings are gone now oh but like does connor have all his quickenings that seems to be what they're positing here is like he's more powerful than the kurgan because after he killed the kurgan he kept playing the game until he died and he's got all that mojo in him so he can do it huh well i guess mac would have lost all the quickenings that connor had right so they they stay in connor yeah I don't know. Eh, whatever. This
2: doesn't make it a
1: sense. That's right. So, all right. So, what what is this Obi wan move that he pulls? Why? What, what, what? He does an Obi
2: wan He gets killed, and Max like can barely stand and is vomiting all over the place.
1: <laughs> Why does he do this?
2: <laughs> yeah. And also, like, there seemingly is no quickening
1: to disrupt this. No. Max screams. The quickening rages around. It says, oh, and I then Max charges it. the Kurgan during this quickening. Ah. Uh. Yes. Because Mac is, is very just like, weak. Like, nah. Like, but no, like, Mac can't fucking handle this. Why is Mac so weak? I guess it's just from the shit leaving him? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he just, he. guess he needs more time to recover. But also, by your logic, just out of curiosity, if, I don't know, if the idea is that Mac had something ripped from him and your Russian nesting doll theory is, which I love, <laughs> the implications of that. That like then the Kurgan was ripped from McLeod so or from Connor so Connor should also so be, be weak because they've both had things ripped from them Weird. but Connor
2: still lived longer than the Kurgan but isn't the Kurgan more wart like than Connor wouldn't you think the Kurgan has more heads than Connor ever you would, would think right yeah so I don't, I don't this know. this doesn't make sense this is stupid <laughs> oh <laughs> is it <laughs> so okay so this is this is ah uh,
1: sucks so much so. What, Mac is fucking losing. He's not going to be able to do it. And then the Kurgan, gets like a headache. He's like, oh, what the shit? And Connor is like controlling the Kurgan's mind from somehow from like inside his body. You fight the Kurgan from the outside and I fight him from the inside. Now we've And this is just the plot of Endgame, kind of. I mean, that was the idea of that. Like we can yeah. fight together. With, like,
2: without mind
1: control. <laughs> Right. why didn't connor just take his head and then let mac kill him again if he wanted to or die just be alive. Or Kel's just man, alive? and now we can just be best friends, friends on your boat yeah Well, i guess like he was in heaven and he wants to go back yeah, that he really, is, that is a not serious really plot point that this, shit was but... in mac's stomach like what? connor died and like lived in a weird fake reality inside mac's like left how do you Nut. know that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that so, but but no, because that doesn't make sense. Because they talk about like the soul, like the soul is definitely in Mac because they 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 mentioned that like they're all vying to escape and fighting for control. So we know the soul is there. Well, I like Max got right. the soul. So where's this fantasy happening with Juan Duncan and Rachel? Like Heather, Heather, whatever her name is.
2: Oh, also Rachel's fucked in this scenario. <laughs> oh, he doesn't get with <laughs> Rachel. He gets with Heather. Oh, uh, sorry,
1: baby. <laughs> that's right. It's because her face is all fucked up from that weird cancer she got. Wait, not Rachel. Oh, not Rachel. That's right, though. Rachel, too. Brenda. Brenda. Oh, Brenda. Yeah, Brenda. I don't know. This doesn't make any sense. At first, I thought it was just an incongruity with the other thing, but the way in which Connor seems to fight the Kurgan does posit what you are saying right now, Mm -hmm. that he is, like, literally knocking around in there, not in a mortal heaven. Right. Fuck. It It doesn't make any sense. And like you said, why doesn't Mac just kill him? Yeah, and then either be alive, or for some reason he wants to be dead, just let him kill him right he's like mac is clearly gassed yeah Yeah. why why leave this shit up to chance he's just like i'd rather you do it buddy. yeah like yeah let's just you want uh, a shot at this i I took one ride around on the track on this guy (laughs) yeah why don't we uh roll the dice that the most evil creature (laughs) imaginable
2: will win the game how about that eh? and he's like you need to close the circle and take the kurgan and my quickenings because that makes sense
1: (laughs) and then it happens somehow all right the denouement we're on the barge later Sun and birds, finally.
2: So somehow all the chaos is over. Like, society has nicely re... <laughs> like
1: They're going to be recovering from this shit for a long time. And yeah. are the immortal rules still off? I don't know. Joe says, like, oh, the Watcher Tribunal's like, looking for answers. Like, why did all the immortals go crazy? It's like, great question. I don't know either.
2: I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> like, oh. Joe knows. Oh... Doesn't this? Seems, but even even seems he knows important. the he he knows the the event
1: that triggered it. But we still don't know why. because like, he said immortals all over the world are doing this. It's like what is this? Why? Why like, is there's this? some psychic link between all of them that they just they have this gut reaction? Like I guess fuck it.
2: This yeah. seems like an important thing to keep a record of. <laughs> like what if some other nutbag starts erecting like an evil underground temple with like strange carvings to try to like destroy the world again? And like Joe's dead like Joe died 50 years ago How? so there's no record of this.
1: I will also say those what are the lecases like, the what that group could not fix a woman's uh illness for 300 years. These guys were able to build the thing that resurrected people in 20 bas- in 20 also based on like seemingly redi- readily available information I don't know that Joe was able to look at. Like they, they couldn't in this series determine if the Methuselah stone was real or not. Yet this guy builds a hell tower to bring back the Antichrist, basically. Yeah. Like this is and, he, succ- and he, he succeeds. And he does it. easily. This is nuts. And how does he lure like fifty immortals there? Why? The what is that? Look. What the fuck was that? All he needed was one guy. All you needed was Alvarez to bring back. But he needed like the dog food for the Gergen. Like the rest are just there to fight the Kur- what is that this sucks uh so anything else happened here oh mac oh they explained mac got out because there was an escape route that mason built that oh, good. i guess he found
2: accidentally do you want to talk about connor no well when you do i'll listen i know you will joe that's the rules and we always follow the rules except for when you don't like when you kill somebody on holy ground yeah that you're not supposed and when you're to. helping
1: so- your friend out and yeah all this shit
2: because somehow the building suppresses my senses of
1: when i'm on holy ground
2: you guys want to play a game
1: Yeah! Game time! So, we are going to play a little game we like to call 3 and 5. That is the game where I name a category, and you need to give three examples that fall within that category within five seconds. You will get one point for each correct answer, and two points if you get all three. Are you ready, kids? I am ready! Eamon, name me. Three immortals
2: killed by Connor McLeod. The Kurgan. The Master of Illusion, whose name I forget. <laughs> uh, shit. Uh, 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 Katana, General Katana. I don't think that reached, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. Two points. Who? what's fucking the sorcerer's name? I forgot it. <laughs> I'm,
1: like, I just don't, I'm just like, I care so little right now. Like that Kane? Kane. Yeah, Kane. That's what the it. fuck? How did I
2: forget that? Is that two points?
1: It is. Keith, including here. Name me three immortals killed by the Kurgan.
2: Uh Castageer,
1: um Wong, Wandong, dong? Uh <laughs> <I'm> sorry, what? <laughs> Uh you're getting like 3 extra seconds there. All right. I don't I, I, don't. I would have accepted Castagir, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, and in this very episode, oh, yeah. Connor Quill. Yeah, I guess he does in this. But that's, that's not is that canon? Can we hold I, on? The Our premise non- of the question was including in this. <laughs> <laughs> I got to I got to be honest. I was looking up something on the iPad. <laughs> well, you get one point. Thank you. And I'm just... trying I I got other stuff to do here than answer questions. All right, go on. Are, are you keeping score or do you need me to do it? I'm that? getting there. <laughs> there Amon has one point. I also, uh Points, I have, have
2: two points. Point. You
1: have one point. Okay, okay. Uh, the dong guy is a. Uh, that's the guy that was young. <laughs> that was cut. That's <laughs> cut. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Oh, I say, "Womp!" <laughs> the dong guy. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry, guys. All right. I'm Eamon. So yes, sir. Name me three
2: audiobook villains. Oh shit. Um, we just talked about the Caitlin, the Kurgan, uh, Augustus Mason.
1: Yes, that's
2: four whole points for you. Four points.
1: Keith. Name me the titles of three of these audiobooks. <laughs> uh The Lesson, uh Love and Hate, uh Secret of the Sword, and Kirk and Rising. Very All good. right. You got Look four, at points. That. four points. Four hey, points,
2: Mark your points. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <Jesus Christ. laughs>
1: Eamon, yes, sir. Name me
2: three of Max's friends named in the audiobooks. Oh. Damn it. <laughs> uh uh Antonio, Antoine. Uh, is that oh uh, shit. Uh O'Hara in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> uh uh, uh but maria miranda
1: i will give i will give you, will give you <laughs> <laughs> Jesus wait which Christ. wait no you, yeah i'm only giving you one point for that one i'm sorry antoine was correct you could yeah. have said Connor mccloud and joe dawson and i would have <laughs> given them <this, laughs>
2: one point keith marked down my one point
1: sorry. yeah keith yes name me three cities visited in the audiobooks uh Seacouver. Paris and Nagasaki? Yes. Pretty Four good. points. Four points. Amen. Taking a somewhat loose definition of these. You can ooh. describe them however you wish. But name me three supernatural elements added in these audiobooks.
2: Uh, <laughs> ooh, baby. Uh, resurrecting of the dead. Uh, uh magic viruses. <laughs> uh, uh... That's all I got. Two points. points.
1: Keith. Yes. Name me. Keith wrote my two points down. Three (laughs) societies of mortals mentioned in these books. The Sons of the Kurgan, the Lachesis, and the Watchers? Yes. I four am point good job. you killing it. And that is it. It's really great because I'm barely paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I gotta really keep my head out of the game.
2: I suck myself out. So Ooh, suck myself out. <laughs> okay. That
1: was it. What is the <laughs> final score? Kiefer Sutherland. Eamon, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine points, and I have thirteen.
2: Mm. Damn, it's a
1: smoke show. Oh
2: Congratulations, Keith, on your victory. Thank you, Eamon. Flawless victory. Well What's done. that from? Mortal it's Kombat. From Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Did we play a single
1: clip from this episode? I don't think we did. I don't know. Is there any in particular that jumped out at people uh, that we want to play before we share our opinions on this? I think we're good. I also yeah, I, 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 we're good. I didn't have anything... I didn't have anything like written down as like, definitely play this clip. I mean, there was a it's clip always, at the top of the show. In some ways production-wise, this was the most competent yeah. episode, yeah. I think, despite being perhaps the most incoherent, right? This is nonsensical. (laughs) Yes, this is bizarre to me. And again, gets the treatment of why did you choose this story? Yeah. Like, immortal stories were not over. This was not... You're not scraping the bottom of the barrel where you're like, oh, God, we gotta, like, do something crazy. You know what's interesting, too? They don't uh, include, like... Moral questions are not part of these stories. And it's... Not at all. It's a big part. The closest thing is, do you send... Maria back to torture jail and to Macca, save humanity. And the answer is yes. Yeah, Mac is like, gotta go. gotta go. See ya. Mike. He, like, doesn't think twice about that shit. Bye, bitch. <laughs> My God.
2: My wife. Where life? is your God now? All right, let's talk about it. So this doesn't make any sense. This is, like, <laughs> it's stolen from Ghostbusters. Why does he, like, how... Uh, the nesting doll thing is cool, but I, I still uh, think that's <laughs> such a leap as to, like, think... If I do this, this specific immortal will pop out of nowhere and be alive again. That's insane. Yeah, nothing like this ever happens on the show. No, this is even hinted to. It has no basis in
1: anything. You know, I I want to say something. I'm like, I don't want to say something nice about this, but I was kind of curious. I didn't get a, a lot of time to think about how this has played out in other franchises, but like Highlander's in a weird point here, and it's like life cycle like the series was pretty successful endgame people are excited about it it didn't kind of really land and i think people were like what's going to happen with highlander like is it going to continue is this kind of the end of the road like and also like i mean at this point the franchise had already existed for over 15 years right yeah this gets so muddy like with new ideas being introduced like when a a franchise like goes so far it's like do we want to keep telling morality tales again like well we've been doing that like so let's change some stuff up and add stuff to it. But then it doesn't really jive with what came before it. And it's like, I feel like this story, these stories are a good example of like, Reboot, please. Like, the the answer's there with, like, how complicated this gets. It's like, maybe some of these ideas aren't awful, but, like, maybe they're not that great either. They're not good. But, like, they don't work with anything that came before it. So, like, we just need to make a clean break and start over. And I'm curious if stuff like this, I don't know, write us in, listeners, like, have weird things in your favorite franchises gone after they've existed for, like, 20 years just taken a weird turn And, like, they kind of need a reboot at that point to set all the pieces right. I actually kind of like Star Trek Voyager. But is this the Voyager pieces? Like, we want to do a new show, but we don't want it to be like the other ones. So let's send them to a different quadrant of the galaxy where where they will
2: interact with nothing you think of as Star Trek. Right. It'll all be new. Well, the weird thing is it's like, well, let's bring back the original Highlander characters for Yeah, this.
1: like it's that. That's, that's the solution. Not,
2: like, yeah. that's crazy. Also,
1: this is an audiobook. Why not just like it, it, it's its just shocking to Connor me. story of the past. Right. It's shocking to me that yeah. none of these stories were just in the past. Why right. not just you can tell any story you want. Just tell a Connor story if you really feel like it. Tell a Kurgan story. No one cares. Would people really? I don't fucking get it. Yeah. Unless they thought Adrian was like a big draw. I mean, maybe that's part of it. Like Adrian sure. needs but to be tell an in, Adrian and Connor story of the past. Sure. Yeah. Have him yeah. still read it. Do his weird
2: Connor McLeod impression. <laughs> yeah. It's just so goofy. It's like it, that is the problem. It is so facially goofy. This just doesn't belong. This is just like it's too out there. Like resurrected immortals. This reads like a comic book plot. No. Yeah. Like that's a,
1: that's almost disrespectful to comic
2: book. <laughs> no, hold on. Have you read some of these plots where yes, like I mean
1: I have. this okay, is shit geez, that like when they need to like figure out a way to bring like they go through some loop
2: like hoops to, like uh, superman like coming back to life sure yeah, it's, it's like bizarre. oh he was in an underground kryptonian energy coffin yeah well, <laughs> i mean also some of those stories that are pretty outlandish are
1: fun to read and i like them but whenever you hear like i think you mentioned this on an earlier podcast like when you read the the synopses of like an arc you're like jesus christ like, like what is this yeah. this feels like that in a nutshell it's like yeah. what a
2: bonkers story but then it also undoes everything by the end yeah, which is are, crazy we'll all like this isn't like an episode of thundercats this is like like connor's dead gergen's dead everything's back to normal wow what a wild tryst we
1: had yeah yeah i'm very curious like where the second series picks up because as i don't know if you know listeners the next series deals with the four horsemen we've heard good things about it it's in their individual horsemen stories but does it incorporate anything from this i'd be curious
2: like were they somehow also resurrected
1: Right. Great question. I I hope not. But Mythos has one of them.
2: That's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, So, yeah, I don't know
1: where those stories, like, or when those stories take place or anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's such a weird note to end on. Wow, guys. Oh, so as promised, I wanted to let you guys know how much this costs today. I was dying to know. So on... There's a var- variety of ways you can purchase this if you'd like. There are copies available on Amazon and eBay. They are expensive, but it depends on, like, who the seller is because uh, obviously these are all, like, out of print. So, for instance, the lesson you can pick up on eBay for a cool $40. Wow. All right. That's yeah. not too bad. A dollar, probably, a dollar a minute. That's probably double what it was at the time. But... Yeah. Uh, and is
2: this a compact disc? It is
1: a compact disc. Right. There is someone I, – I found this the other day when I was looking these up. Uh, someone is selling – Series two, all four things. Guess how much this CD set costs? Or maybe I shouldn't mention this. Maybe this should be safe. That should be safe. In the Let's say we're gonna we're gonna talk about how this costs. Don't look this shit up, guys. Don't look it up. Scouts on it. It's we're not, not the boss of you. That's right. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about it. But yeah, you can get I guess series one for like anywhere between forty. I've seen eighty dollar and like hundred dollar CDs. I would ask for, your and friends it's for a single CD, a single yeah. CD. So forty to eighty each. So if you wanted to pick up all four of what we just did. You're talking between like 160 and 300. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ask, yeah. ask your friends if, if they have copies of this right. before spending that much money. Right. Least. And then, for the love of God, don't spend that much money. Right. 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 Or just yeah. burn don't, your money. <laughs> don't. Just give your money to someone who needs it. Yeah. We've oh, got to rate it we today. have to rate
2: this dumb.
1: <laughs> Keith, how many nesting dolls does this one get? This gets half a nesting doll, maybe again. I don't know. Half. You're right about the production value being it's just the pretty half. decent. Uh, but like the story blows so hard, this is a half. I think that's right. I mean, I gave I gave the lesson a one. This is worse than that,
2: definitely. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Eamon, how many
2: Ghostbusters buildings would oh. you give this? Ghostbuster buildings. I'm gonna give this a half. This is a half. This is a half. Is a half. Kyle, how many uh, resurrected immortal corpses would you give this? Are they resurrected if they're corpses? Good question. Are they like are these undead people?
1: I don't know. Oh, also, not to interrupt your rating here. There was something we didn't mention. When Mac finds that escape hatch or tunnel or whatever, he like drops the thing. Like, oh, also was able to get everybody else out. Yeah, <laughs> it was like <laughs> what? What did you you had to untie everyone? From s- their murder boxes. Right, and yeah. they seemingly were like tiered. Like they weren't right. all on the ground level. Like it was scaffolded up the wall,
2: the ten story wall. It's like in Dragon Ball Z on the old dub where like they'd blow up a helicopter and then they'd dub in like I can see their parachutes. They're okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, really? Really? Yeah, I don't think so. But oh, Kyle, amazing. what was your what what is your rating?
1: It's a half. It's a point five, baby. It's a half, baby. I still think that the love and hate one is worse, but this tried. It made it, <laughs> it, made it a contest. I, uh, I'd uh, I'd like to interview one of the <laughs> people involved in this. Uh,
2: yeah, well, they, if they would listen to this; they'll not, never agree. Yeah, they will. <laughs> they cannot be allowed to listen to our podcast. Nope. Uh,
1: do you guys feel
2: bad at all for being this down on this thing? I almost am
1: concerned about it but I've ultimately just decided like it is what it is this is bad and they charge people money I, for it yeah I've had they made yeah that's true they made money doing this i mean anyone I, any fan out there that wants to write a fun story and put it online good on you i might like it i might not but like people they charge people for this they hired people to do this this isn't
2: well, also you know, like i to my earlier point like i could see this being like devastating for a fan that it's like i'm getting new highlander stories read by Adrian Paul and like This is the quality? Yeah. I would be very disappointed. Mm. At the same time, though, I had fun doing this.
1: Like, I had fun talking to you guys about it. And maybe it's just because we're, like, kind of mystery science theatering it. But I had fun this part. (laughs) yeah less like, so I, the listening to it for hours part, right, yeah, like that was like and like take, having to take notes on it and like do that kind of stuff was I did kind of wonder unfun, I don't know to tell our listeners like we have all have a limited time to like do this sort of stuff, like I always wonder to myself, like should I listen to it first, then do the notes. That takes a lot of time. Like I don't know. I, I was wondering, like, if I let this story like wash over me, would I feel differently? If you and weren't I, stopping all the time, to right? Think about and really it. thinking about everything they say and everything they do. But at the same time, like, no, it's a story. It should make sense. Like, yeah, that's the bare minimum. It should make sense. Like, if you go see a good movie, you can watch it and be like, wow, what a great movie. And then you can go back and study it and. If it's a good movie, usually by studying, you're like, "Holy shit, it's even better than I thought!" Like, there's great little bits of writing, and like they've dropped hints. And, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it actually gets better upon the inspection, not like destroyed. Yes. Uh-huh. And this was like, I don't know. I would pa- the main times I would pause this when I would was when I would go, "Wait, wait, wait, what?" <laughs> Either way, I've had a blast talking about these with you guys. Yeah, I can't say I had a blast listening to this stuff, and I hope. People at home liked listening to our coverage of this mm-hmm. and, like, had a good time. Maybe we saved you some time and money. Yeah, just had a no. good laugh or something. Hopefully. That's you our having goal. having a laugh? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, if, you, <laughs> if you've heard these things and feel differently, we would actually really like to know, what do you see here that we don't see?
2: Yeah, that yeah. that would be interesting for me to read.
1: So, so look at this, we're ending on a slightly uplifting note. Just or like are we? Duncan I don't know. at the
2: end of this episode. That's
1: right. After <laughs> only two hundred people have died in the earthquake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After a month of listening to us dunk on this thing, <laughs> we're being conciliatory here at the end. But what's there to say? Well, I know one thing you can say is if you liked this, you should go on iTunes and give us five whole stars, baby. Five-star review. And while you're at it, go on Patreon. Go on RT Public. Get our Money No shirts. Etsy. Don't spend your money on this yeah. audiobook. Give the money to us by buying a Money No shirt or becoming a sweet patron. There's all kinds of cool rewards, including potentially interviews. You may have heard some already. I hope. That's right. Thanks for listening. We've been your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle.
2: This is Eamon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: You guys ready? You good, amen Yes, I'm good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. What's that, baby Adrian here? Is baby Adrian in the studio?
2: A-goo-goo. Aw, baby Adrian. That's a lot of goo-goo I have to do.
0: <laughs> goo-goo you have to do this?